Welcome to Educate, the alternative educational experience. You know when you watch something online or then read an article and then suddenly have that moment of, oh dear, I hadn't really ever thought of that like that. Well, that would have been useful to have known. Well, in comes Educate. Educate offers up the conversations that we really need to hear. It embraces differing perspectives and lived experiences, all with the view to inform public discourse. So, who's my teacher this week then? Bronte Smith walked into my life when I was auditioning for a very, very random play in first year at university. She got the cool part, I didn't, I was singing Mr Sandman in a leotard, she had the banging speaking role. (sighs) No big deal, I'm over it, maybe. Not only struck by her hilarity, with facial expressions to rival Jim Carrey himself, she quickly became a friend, then a very good friend, and then a best friend. After knowing Bronte for a month or so, a year before we'd met, just after her freshest week, Bronte revealed to me in my little uni room that she'd contracted meningitis a year before we'd met. She explained to me that she faced a horrendous year-long battle in and out of hospital, had to have a kidney transplant from her father, and then built up the strength to come back to the same uni, do the same drama course a whole year later. In this episode of Educate, I'm going to be chatting with Bronte about her battle with the disease, how she interacts with concepts of health today, and how society talks about health in real life and online. Bronte Smith, welcome to Educate, baby! Keish Khan, thank you, it's a pleasure. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks so much for coming on to my first ever podcast. I feel so blessed and touched. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed indeed. And let's have a vocal space where we can chat about topics that aren't necessarily given as much um, depth online and just in real life. Absolutely, and talking about supporting women... I'm so glad that you're still jealous that I got the speaking role in that play and you didn't. So jealous! Ah, it's honestly the best part of my life. <laughs> honestly, girls supporting you know, girls. I may live at home with my parents still, but you know, I've, I did get that role. <laughs> my five minutes of speaking. <laughs> so we're going to be talking basically about health and what that means. I'm handing all of this over to you, my educator. I suppose we should start with the story. The story of stories. The story of stories. Um, as I told you four years ago, I first started uni when I was 18 years old and uh, I was very healthy. I was like a super duper healthy child and teenager. Uh, the worst thing I'd ever had in my life was probably tonsillitis. Um, so I remember quite vividly actually um, that I'm... Um, I was one month into university and I woke up at 4am and I was just in absolute agony. Um, You know, I've had bad period pains and all sorts of kind of things, but nothing really hit like that. It was excruciating pain in my stomach. I'm waking up and just collapsing on the floor and I I couldn't stand. I was absolutely freezing cold. and I was just vomiting everywhere. Um, and I remember looking in the mirror and um, my lips had started to go blue. And I'd had a spot on my chin and it actually started to turn black. God. Um, and yeah, it just kind of really went rapidly downhill from there. I just remember collapsing, fainting on the toilet and waking up in like a, 
in the sink full of like this literally it was like black vomit. Oh and yeah. um and just being so cold and I just I wrapped myself up in dressing gowns and duvets and jumpers and I put these massive slipper socks in my hands and just nothing was working. I just remember lying on the floor and just thinking oh, I'm gonna die and I need to unlock my door or my body's going to really smell because oh no one's going to know and they can't get me out. So I need to unlock the door in case my body smells. So that was just literally, oh that my was gosh. my thought process. Polite in the face of death. Yes, exactly. Good and for I was you. just you. And I was so worried. <laughs> I was just collapsing up and I just thought, oh, I'm so, I really hope I'm not waking anyone up. And I know that's such a strange thing to think, but I just, I wasn't thinking straight. And luckily my mum lived relatively nearby, around an hour away and she picked me up and, the uni did... Uni did nothing. Right, okay. I called them nine times. They didn't do anything at all. Um, you know, um, I was only 18 and never, you know, first time living on your own. Oh, it's my not God. great. Yeah. Um, bit of a bone to pick. Um, I think so. That's for another podcast. <laughs> um, but um, so I remember my mum literally speeding down like, the road trying to get me to the hospital and I remember just throwing up into this massive plastic bag and just getting taken straight to A&E and just getting moved from one thing to another so quickly I had no idea what was going on and before I knew it I was in the resus unit and I was just having tubes put in everywhere and just I was in agony and I remember trying to give him morphine and just nothing was working the pain was just excruciating by this point and oh gosh they wrapped me up in all these like tinfoil things I didn't realise what they were and it's only Till later I found out they were doing that because otherwise, you know, my limbs were, my limbs would have been taken off. They were going to get amputated uh, if they get sorted out ASAP. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I just remember this one really vivid memory was that um, whilst, I was, whilst I was in the reassess unit, that um, this guy who'd just been in a motorcycle accident had been pulled in next to me. We were divided by the curtain though and he was screaming and crying and he was like there's blood everywhere but I remember that all the doctors and nurses were surrounding me oh my goodness that's so scary and I just and I, I just didn't really understand what was going on but I just remember thinking surely you need to go see that guy he's in agony and they were like I just remember them saying trust me you need more help than he does and I think oh that was kind goodness. of a bit when the penny dropped and it was just so much pain and I just I just remember thinking I can't I just don't think I can live anymore it's just this is this is getting too hard and then literally a second later another thing like popped into my head and I was just like shut up like what are you thinking why are you saying this of course you're not going to die you're such an attention seeker oh my god get a grip and just from that moment on I was just like okay I'm fine and I just I never thought for one second after that that I was going to die even though I found out later down the line when I was in the intensive care unit and my brain was swelling up that actually I was. There was like, think of three occasions my parents got, got told to stay the night because I wasn't going to make it. Oh my God. And yeah, it was lots of things just kind of went wrong and it turned out I had multi organ failure. So my lungs had filled up with, with fluid so I couldn't really breathe. Um, I I suppose my stomach just kind of turned to mush. I think oh. would have been the best thing to describe it. So 
they'd put like a, I remember they put a tube down my nose and into my throat and it was kind of linked to this plastic bag on top of me and it was just filling up with this green liquid it just it looked like oh. pond water and they were like that's what's literally been inside your stomach that's what your stomach's turning into oh. um yeah and just everything was just I suppose it was just falling apart really um uh, yeah I was just in agony and my brain was swelling up I couldn't write anymore I couldn't write my name I didn't really know anything that was going on uh there was blood pouring out of my eyes I had oh this my massive goodness. kind of scar this kind of really awful rash come up all down half of my face I just I looked like a villain a mon- really I think I looked like a monster oh, and, bless you. um yeah it was just awful and I had to learn how to walk again I had to learn how to don't know everything I had to relearn everything oh, um, yeah and then it's finding out that I'd managed cockle septicemia which is like a really aggressive strain of meningitis I think meningitis w um you know if you look up the survival rates it's pretty bad it's like 13 13 percent of people survived and that's one three yeah one three um, Frikey. and luckily I was I was one of them but I didn't come out unscathed unfortunately my kidneys got completely obliterated in the process yeah yeah they but, did yeah so that's kind of oh, I suppose that's the story really that starts everything off oh um, goodness and with your kidneys that's oh, it's not really the end end of the story no I thought it would have been really I thought after having a kidney transplant which I really luckily my dad gave me one um and it was like a really perfect fit um and I weed loads <laughs> so much weed <laughs> good for you thank you so much it was like <laughs> Two and a half litres in an hour. It was oh. magical. Um, <laughs> that must have felt quite satisfying. It was so satisfying. <laughs> satisfying thing in my life. In the context, that sounds awful, but it must have... It was, it was magical, so, <laughs> honestly. Um, and then, but yeah, my kidney has just... My kidney's actually been really well behaved, but it's the consequences of having a kidney transplant that I never knew... I never knew that would be an issue. And I don't yeah. think many people do realise, you know, you kind of imagine, you know, you, you're your new organ, you're great, you're good to go. Yeah. But actually, you're not. You're far from it. And it's both a mentally and physically kind of traumatising and stressful experience. And it just, it changes you and it changes your life. You're, you constantly have to look out for yourself. You've always got to think, how am I taking my pills? Where are my pills? How am I feeling today? Oh, I feel a bit swollen. Oh, I feel a bit dehydrated. Oh, my head hurts slightly. What does that mean? I just, you know. Yeah. You just go into overdrive. Um, Horrible. And just always constantly being ill. It's a, it's exhausting. I'm not surprised, mate. Yeah. And that whole experience in total was a year. So like nine months to a year. And yeah. then you were back at uni doing yes. the same course. Yeah. The same location so, I'm a glutton for punishment <laughs> I actually lived through like the whole month again it was so weird and I didn't tell anyone either so I was just you know I felt like I was living this double life and I had to pretend that I'd never had this lesson before <laughs> I knew all the answers I'm just really clever I'm just I just know like guys <laughs> I just have a feeling that next week they're gonna ask us to do this specific performance and we have to improvise and pretend that we're on a train and I'll be like oh my god Bertie you said that last week oh my god that's crazy <laughs> 
What? Can you predict the future? Oh my god, maybe I can. My <laughs> kidney can. Maybe a third sense. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, all three my of kidney us. can always tell what yeah, subjects right. coming up. Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> it's a keen drawn student. Um, well, that yeah. sounds absolutely horrendous. Thank you. Yeah. What a trooper. Thank you. It's my sob story and I can't wait to go on something like The X Factor and share it there. I mean, we need to try and make it happen. I think so. So we think about how health is often depicted on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of those hashtags like healthy diet mm-hmm. and, you know... Um, healthy influencers, all that. All of that all stuff. That jazz. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know what it is to have your health put in put up for grabs basically you know what it's like to have it completely taken away from you mm-hmm. how do you think that health is depicted mm-hmm. in the media um well i feel that a lot of people who haven't actually had health problems can are usually the loudest ones with their opinion and, I, and people you know they've said stuff to me in the past be like well if you eat more vegetables you will be fine or, you know if you just <laughs> like a bit brunty if you just ate a kale smoothie or drank a kale smoothie every day your kidneys will come back to life uh thank you very much uh next <laughs> oh, okay yes okay. <laughs> fuck off um but i feel like that often you know you feel that on you know on instagram it's you know i've been fine for such a long time because i eat my greens and so, which is good you should eat your greens but um Greens are a bit crap though sometimes. Shit, I know. Yeah. Mm, on properly. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I, I do feel like it is trivialised a bit, and I I wish I could post about my stuff on Instagram. Yeah. But I don't think people really like seeing the reality of it. I think they like to see people who've gone through stuff, but they're looking super duper toned now, and they're in a fantastic yoga pose, and okay, you know, and that's not me, and I don't think most people who are ill aren't like that or have had an actual illness. Sure. You know? So, do you think um, that there are any people that have potentially done that before and showed you a bit more of a glimpse online as to you know the real awful moments where health is taken away? Have you? No. Not at all. No. Like, I, you know, I was like, thinking today, really, you know, do I have any kind of influences or kind of, I don't know, artists or anything that I could really look up to and, you know, kind of be like, yeah, I get, I know where you're coming from. My God, it's so nice to, you know, see someone who's kind of gone through what I've gone through, but I haven't because people don't like to show the reality of it, which is pretty sticky and not nice and, you know... For anyone who's like on immunosuppressants, which I'm on because right. of my kidney transplant, um, it's not nice. Sure. You know, I throw up every morning. Every morning? Every morning I throw up. Do you? And everyone's like, that's because you're pregnant. And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, you wake up, you're on, you know, you're on so many pills. I take 10 pills a day, you know. Is that, how long has that happened for? Every day, like for years. Re- even at... Wow, yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, no, you know, I throw up every morning and you get really bad, you know, funny tummies all the time and you feel sick, you get UTIs, urinary tract infections <laughs> constantly. Uh, you know, you're getting prodded and poked by doctors. It's not nice. People don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, and I, when there have been times where I have looked on Instagram trying to find something, you either get, like I said, 
people doing yoga who you look glamorous so glamorous after having their surgery or whatever which i just can't relate to yeah or you get people who are just saying that's so kind of morbid it's so like this is my you know where it's just really depressing okay and you know a big long post yeah long post and it's just like i'm dying kind of thing there's no kind of in between okay um you know even i suppose like if you look You've got celebrities like, I know Selena Gomez had a kidney transplant. Yeah. With relatively her. recently. I think her, was her best friend gave her the kidney, I yeah. think. Um, you know, which is fantastic. And I was kind of a bit like, oh, thank God. You know, <laughs> there's a celebrity who's kind of going through what I've been through and stuff. And she never posts about it, and which is fine because I've never posted about it either. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I saw she did a post really recently and it was her kind of lying in bed you know not glamorously at all with a dressing gown on and whatever and she was like this is my life and I saw the Daily Mail had picked it up and be like oh my god Selena's so brave um she's showing her face which has got spots on it and they're like that's what she's like usually you know she does have a spotty face and I was kind of like no <laughs> I felt like my interpretation was like she just feels shit and she's in a dressing gown. Let her live. Let her live. And I'm just like, well, that is what it's like most of the time. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Like, but having something like that, having a sort of chronic illness or whatever it is, is exhausting. I'm not saying that life is, I don't want to live because that's not what I mean. But living is exhausting. Yeah. It's a constant battle. It's, I'm, you're always feeling under the weather but that is just the way it is now really and it's kind of hard people who haven't gone through what I've gone through um or you know something similar to that they don't people don't really get it no because it's kind of like yeah but we all get colds we all get ill you know I have a day off from work and I'm fine and I'm like yeah but I'm always like that and when I get ill I get not back so hard you know I don't just get a cold I get some really random infection that you know can usually is only found in Himalayan goats or something (laughs) you know it's just so ridiculous like every time I go to A&E you know I'm just like what have I got this time oh no it's so ridiculous so Um, how many times have you been to hospital perhaps like in the last year do you think oh my gosh in the last year I want to say, I mean, it goes through phases. Like, recently, it's been a bit of a bad spell. Right, okay. Where I've been going at least once a month. Right, okay. Um, and that's for different... Different things. things. Yeah, different things. But that's all linked to the medication. And yeah, just... on the medication I'm on. So, immunosuppressants, which suppresses the immune system. Um, okay. Which means that you just get cold, different bugs and stuff all the time. And why are you on those? Is it... Mm-hmm because of the kidney so I have so anyone who's had an organ transplant has to be on them um, because you're having a random person's organ in you and don't turn that into a sexual thing (laughs) (laughs) Um, if I hear another person be like you know dance organs inside you like I'm actually gonna scream (laughs) Um, I I wouldn't dare thank you I wouldn't dare Um, but obviously because you've got this random thing uh, your body wants to get rid of it because it's not theirs and so you have to suppress the immune system to stop it stop it from kind of kicking up a fuss and 
trying to get your kidney out. Right, okay. So you have to be on them. I have to be on them every day for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, yes, so, but it makes it hard. But yeah. I think what I also wanted to talk about is that it's, physically it is exhausting, but it's also a mental thing as well. And it did gradually become like a kind of a battle with like my mental health. Of course. As well. Um, if you don't mind talking yes, of about course, that. Um, of course, of course. Just to give everyone a general sense um as to what that means yeah um so i think to give like some context of it so when i first was really ill um i was super well behaved and i was like i don't need to blow smoke up my arse but i was a fantastic patient (laughs) i was literally like gold star yeah i was so good like i was honestly they'd tell me stuff and i'd be like that's fine and i remember when they said you're gonna have to have a kidney transplant i was like okay yeah fine and I just got prodded about and I got all these things tubes inserted in me and things taken out and I was just fine about it and I just I was so cool about the whole thing like people would be like fronting you like your life's literally fallen to pieces and I'm like yeah it's fine though it's fine I'll be great I'll be back at uni like I just seemed so unfazed by the whole thing yeah that my life had like yeah had completely changed had kind of crumbled really and I nearly died and I just didn't I was actually fine about it I was you know really peppy about the whole thing (laughs) only you could be like that but I'm not but like it was so weird and everyone was like that's you know wow like I'm you know this is so fantastic you know that you can just deal with this. Oh, I've smacked myself. <laughs> you know, but like you can deal with this so well. And I was like, yeah, I know, I'm pretty amazing. <laughs> but it was kind of like me. But kind of like as the years have gone on, um, I began to I don't know. I guess it kind of gradually began to hit hit me what actually had happened. It was almost like a delayed effect. Like a sort of delayed mm. trauma. Yeah, a really delayed kind of process. And um, I think probably at uni... Yeah. It kind of started to kick in of the kind of realisation of being like, oh my God, I nearly died. And I've got people keep on telling me that I have to look after myself all the time and I can't do what other, you know, teenagers So what? Do. what kind of, in terms of... Um, how it, it interacts now with just general life things. So um, what does that look like? So just in general in life, it's that, um, for example, I know it sounds like really lame, but it's even like alcohol, I get, because it's like dehydrates you, so it really just gives a real kick in the kidney. and <laughs> Kick in the kidney? Yeah, my body can't take it, and hangovers so so bad that I'm literally like, I'm throwing up constantly all day like I literally would like throw at least 20 times on a hangover on a hangover and I mean oh I know goodness. that sounds like oh no like poor you but like it's just those little things I like, mean yes you know, poor you. Like, you know, when you're at university you know when everyone else you know they can just go up to spoons after a night out and have a good old you know chin wag about everything and I'm like no I'm spewing my guts out constantly but I mean that's a bad that's a bad example but it's even like getting UTIs constantly if I ever had sex which I never do (laughs) (laughs) if mum's listening (laughs) um you know constantly I'd be getting you know urine infections kidney infections um you know it's a little bit grim and 
gross in student halls and stuff. I pick up something from that. But just in life in general, you yeah. know, people don't wash their hands. I will face the backlash of someone who did wash their hands on the tube kind of thing. That's so annoying. But because of that and everyone, obviously, from what I went through, everyone kind of monocoddled me and I hated that like I wasn't the kind of person to be monocoddled and I wanted to do what everyone else wanted to do yeah and uh and so I feel like a kind of over what's the word kind of um overcompensated overcompensated so I felt like I had to be the most drunk and I had to do like the you know kind of wilder stuff and you know I just do stupid stuff yeah you know and I don't feel like you did though yeah but I felt like I kind of I felt like for my own self of who I was that wasn't me right and I think then I I also started to feel gross it, I, I remember feeling like can you hear that dog in the background yeah, I can um, I felt like a monster I felt hideous and I think it's still something that I kind of tried to like deal with now is that and I do overcompensate with like especially like when I'd go out and stuff when everyone else wearing trainers and stuff I'd be wearing the tightest dress you know boobs out bumps out legs out you know but you absolutely looked 12 out of 10 I have to say thank you but it was always I had to because I felt I felt I I, I just I felt I, I did I felt like a monster I felt yeah I felt like if anyone really knew who I actually was if they actually saw my scar or you know what I really did if they actually saw all the pills like by the side of my bed and everything they'd they'd not want me at all oh that makes me so sad but you know it that's what I felt and like you know it's hard you know it's you know when I'm feeling really miserable I'm like yeah of course why would someone want like you know Oh, oh you this person this kind of alien you know a very lovely alien though you. and you're not an alien but you know it's that kind of feeling uh, of not being like everyone else and yeah. I found like at uni kind of people use that as a way like almost like a pickup line it was so weird like I had people texting me being like oh I heard that your scar goes from your belly button all the way down do your pubic bone. Wait, what? I'd like to see that sometime. <laughs> and I'm like, you are... F- what the fuck? Like, what kind of person is Name, that? Name, man, shame. No, I'm joking, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but whoever that might be, you are weird. Super and you are not welcome weird. here. <laughs> or like, you know, I've had people who... They don't even know, like, what... Like, I had meningitis, but like, hey, um, so... How's your girl who's got cancer? And they'll be like, um, so let's have a drink and let's talk about it and I'm like I'm not going to talk I don't want I don't have cancer and I'm like uh, why would I want to talk about that in a club like thanks for the pint of beer like yeah let me tell you about it and then I'll shove my tongue down your throat like people are super creepy surely no one said that like oh my <laughs> like honestly it's just like, that is so weird. People are so weird or like I think the one of the worst ones was like uh, that I a boy saw my room. We just not we did not do anything, you know, sex in nature. But he, he, you are a lady. I'm a lady. <laughs> Don't kiss and tell. But he turned around and he looked at my pile of pills and he was like, "Oh yeah, you're the girl who's got that thing like AIDS or something like that." What? What? And I was like, I, I was I literally like, yeah, AIDS, right? 
So I was like, yeah, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it just baffles me, like that kind of behaviour. People um, just pluck shit out of yeah, the air, don't they? I know, I know. And so it was super weird, but yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> That's absolutely bonkers. Um, to all of those men uh, who uh, perhaps said any of those things, uh, a kind, polite fuck off is perhaps necessary for you all. Uh, so you can not uh, subscribe or any of that stuff to this channel. Okay, so moving on, what advice would you give to someone else if they're going through something similar? That's a really tough question. I'm sorry. No, it's a good one though. Um, things everyone deals with it differently. Um, I I had a weird thing of being really ashamed. What happened to me when I, I shouldn't have been ashamed of it? Because, gosh, you know, how could I have helped what had happened? Yeah. So I think, but also just be prepared. It's shit. It is hard at times. Yeah. You know, I think you just got to try and put a brave face in it, and you just got to keep on, keep on going. Stay hydrated. <laughs> And try and talk to people about it, even when... But don't waste your time on people who say they're there for you when they're not. Yeah. You know, who you know, who actually can't be bothered to listen to it. Yeah. Because you need, you need someone. Whether that's you go to therapy, which I think everyone should go to. Um, Has that helped? 100%, yeah. Because uh, you have to talk about it. You have to, otherwise it gets in your head. Because yeah. it gets worse otherwise. Like for me, it got so much worse um, with like PTSD, and you know, it really can ruminate. It's a horrible thing that happens to people, and yeah, you have to talk. I didn't talk about it enough. I tried to just get over it, and it doesn't work that way. Sure. And just be open. If you feel shit, tell people you feel shit about it. Yeah. You know? And how do you think people need to respond when you say, I feel shit? Like in terms of. I know that we've spoken in the past about your employers. Mm-hmm. Um, like how do you navigate that mm. with work? I think they'll just, in general, what people... People need to be more patient Okay. as a whole. Uh, just to people in general. I know it's very easy, like, you know, we live in such a busy world. We don't have time for people, really, unless they're easy. And, you, know, you know, we've all got our own problems. But, okay. you know, um, I think, like, for people like me who don't necessarily look ill it's very easy just think like oh shut up you know you, you just you're lazy it's like one thing that I get thrown a lot you know you're lazy you can't be bothered do people say that to you yes uh you know and actually you know think why why that why are they you know so tired all the time you know and what do you say back to them when they say oh you're lazy sometimes it's not even worth telling them but you know I think you just got to think why is that person sleeping until god knows when in the afternoon because no normal person would actually want to do that that's not what a lazy person wants and why is that person I don't know in the toilet longer than usual I know that sounds really (laughs) creepy but like but you know like you just got to think like you know just be patient and people will tell you if you're nice to them and just I think, like, with work and with employers and stuff like that. But some problems are, you know, they do impact everything, as you said earlier, and some people really need to be much more mindful of that. Yeah. I mean, it just reminds me, like, when I studied drama and stuff and uh, I was really, really unwell 
really on my night. I went to his performance and I didn't turn up. Uh, I turned up really late because I was just in absolute agony. Um, and I had to go to hospital afterwards. And because I'm really sorry. I'm As late. you do. As you do. And um, I just remember them all like turning around, like just, oh, just like rolling their eyes and being like, oh, fine. Like, you know, students are the worst. I know, they are the absolute <laughs> worst. I know. And I just remember thinking, like, you have no idea. You absolutely no idea. Um, and that's, I think that's most frustrating. Um, Horrendous. Yeah, I think, like I said, just be patient. That's all I can say to anyone. Is yeah. Be patient and just listen. Because, like, obviously you're not going to know. Like, if you've never gone through something like that where your health hasn't been kind of held at stake or whatever, you know, you never... How would you know? I wouldn't know. Yeah. You know, I just expect, oh, people get colds and it's fine, but it's so much more than that. I just find when you tell me um, that your story, mm. I just, I physically can't even, I can't even imagine because it sounds so horrendous. Because mm. I think you can empathise with, with certain things, you know, like a cold or someone's got tonsillitis mm. or someone's like broken a foot or something like that, but... With yours, it's it's sort of... It's not otherworldly, that's mm. not the right word, but... I think people find it very surreal. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah, I think people... It's just, it's... Like I said, it's gross. And people don't like that. And people don't like the idea that it could happen to them as yeah. well. Um, but, you know, we need to just get that vaccination <laughs> and you'll be fine. Oh but it's, uh, it's kind of... Uh, it can really cause anxiety as well, you know, but the thought of getting a cold now makes me freak out. You know, I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't have another one, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not again, you know. No. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Oh. But I'm very lucky. I've got a very good uh, support network. I've got a lovely boyfriend. Yeah, he is you lovely. Know, he is lovely. He can, he can annoy me sometimes, but he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> But he's lovely and he's, you know, and all my friends, my family is so kind of supportive and patient and understanding, you know, who'd get me to the hospital in, you know, in a second. They'd yeah. do anything and but I do anything for them as well. Yeah. But, um, You're an amazing person though, Bronson. I'm okay. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I have my flaws. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? But you're always... The thing is, you are such a ray of sunshine and you are hilarious and I think if someone met you now they would have absolutely no idea and you do leave this impression on people where you are such fun to be around so to finish off I'm just going to summarize the key things that I've learned okay one you're a superstar thank (laughs) you already knew it (laughs) two health is something that should not be trivialised and we need to see it depicted in the media in a much more kind way. Health is wealth. <laughs> Actually, yeah. No, but I'd be a very poor person. <laughs> I'd be like Oliver Twist. <laughs> but a very fun one. It's some real pizzazz and drama brought to it. And great facial expressions. Um, and I reckon, finally just to be so much, just in general, um, for everyone to be so much more mindful as to how we interact with people that, you know, have been through something awful and are still having the lasting effects happen to them on every single day, on a daily basis. Yeah, I think don't don't be mean to people that have, have gone through something horrendous. Yeah. Um, don't be mean. And sorry, I just have one point to make. Please. Please stay hydrated. 
there's just nothing more annoying than someone be like, I've got a headache and I feel so dizzy. And I'm like, how much are you drunk today? And they're like, I had a cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> and I'm like, have you had any water? <laughs> no, it tastes weird. Like, oh, it just drives me insane. Just like, honestly, stay hydrated. It fixes everything. Stay hydrated, kids. Um, Bronte Smith, you're an icon who I aspire to be. Thank you so much. Um, I want to take your energy into next year and beyond. Love you lots. I love you too. Signing off. Goodbye. You are the weakest thing. Goodbye. <laughs>